0: And then I want to touch on something uh, that's become very popular recently, and that's the CTA behavior. Um, uh, It manifests itself in uh, many markets, and it's extremely pronounced and has been forever in precious metals. So I aim to give you some basis on what's going on there, uh, and it will explain, especially in silver, the behavior of that market in the futures term from April of last year to today
1: the well hello there my friends Chris Mark is here with you for Arcadia economics and pretty excited today because I have an announcement about something new that we're going to be doing with the show because one of the guests who we've had on the show Vince Lancey, of Goldfix Substack, who is a former professional trader, is still active in the markets, does his Goldfix Substack column, teaches a finance course at a college in his neighborhood, and is an advisor to a fund and has a great body of knowledge, not just on silver, but the markets. And fortunately, we've worked things out that Vince will be doing the Monday show each week and sharing his great body of experience and knowledge. Something that I've been thinking about for a while of ways to move the channel forward. And over the years in the time I've been doing this, certainly quite fortunate to come in touch with a lot of people who are brilliant about the financial markets and was just really excited that we were able to work things out with Vince and that he will be doing a regular Monday show with us. Starting this week, so would like to welcome Vince to the Arcadia team. Really excited to have him on board as he's going to dig into the silver markets each week from his perspective. So with that said, let's have a warm welcome as here is Vince Lancy's first weekly Monday episode on Arcadia economics and Vince, take it away. Hi,
0: friends. My name is Vince Lancey and we're going to talk about silver, gold, and some drivers that make these markets do what they do. Our goal today is to lay some simple groundwork um, that adds value to your process related to wealth preservation and to hopefully demystify some things surrounding precious metals, uh, information flow, behavior, and trying to make sense of the difference between price action and value. So actually, before we get started, uh, I'd like to thank uh, Chris Marcus uh, and Arcadia Economics for this uh, opportunity. Those of you who know me uh, uh, from Goldfix Substack, that's a newsletter that I publish. Um, and uh, some of you may remember me from uh, uh, the Gold Fix uh, morning broadcast that I did for about a year and a half during the pandemic to help people walk through markets. This is going to be, similar to that, uh, but uh, less time sensitive and more hopefully uh, contributory to your own decision process. So uh, one more thing I want to share is uh, a quote that, looking off the screen, it's over there, uh, that that Chris uh, has on, his, on the site uh, that I uh, subscribe to. Uh, his goal is to share what, quote, I would want a family member or friend to know about in terms of what's coming next. And we couldn't agree more. So let's get to it. All right. So what we'd like to do today in in a, in a in a brief amount of time is go through what happened last week. Right. And we'll evolve as time goes on. Go through what happened last week, why it may have happened. Uh after we do that weekly recap, then we'll go through uh the commitment of traders report, which is very important, even if you're not trading on a daily basis, uh, give you an idea of why things are doing what they're doing, and how you can just laugh it off or, or or go with the flow. And then I want to touch on something uh, that's become very popular recently, and that's the CTA behavior. Um, uh, it manifests itself in uh, many markets, and it's extremely pronounced and has been forever in precious metals. So I aim to give you some basis on what's going on there, uh, and it will explain, especially in silver the behavior of that market in the futures term from April of last year to today. So let's get to it. Make this a little bigger. Can I do that? I can. There we go. All right, so last week's major price drivers, the yellow rectangle there, that's what happened last week. That's silver. Last week, it started out relatively strong, spiked early, sold off, and recovered very well on Friday. Comment about that rectangle there? That is a market that is speaking. I will be speaking on occasion like a trader and sometimes like an economist and sometimes like an investor. Uh, just know that I can wear those hats and I'm not giving you any actionable advice, just giving you observations that a professional would uh, would say to you if you're on the desk with him. So the market was overbought early in the week uh, and, and got slammed pretty hard with the stock market. The rally on Friday was almost entirely on the back of Gold, gold actually led, it was, it was not stronger, but stronger relative than it usually is at a rally. So uh, I would say that, um, we would say, why did it do what it did? And I just told you why it did what it did, but now we're gonna go through it in terms of the, the the news items that accompany that behavior. So Friday's activity was the whole week as far as price ranges are concerned, right? I think I said on Twitter last week, um, we had a good week on Friday. That's what we did. The data that affected the market, the data was overall bearish economically and inflation-wise for the week. That added reasons to buy silver stocks and gold. What does that mean? Most of you know what that means. I'm going to say it anyway, right? Well, let's start with this. Right now, silver is experiencing the opposite effect it had felt from April through October. And we will touch on why in a minute. That's related to the CTA stuff. The Fed continues to focus on inflation. This is what happened on Friday. The Fed continues to focus on inflation, that's their priority. Uh, And the market has now almost fully turned to recession. So the market is saying, the longer you wait to pivot or stop hiking, the worse it's going to be when you do pivot. And so the market is kind of front running what it expects the stock market's behavior. Silver is moving with stocks right now, and that's one of the drivers behind silver. Another driver behind silver is um, allocations for what I call buy season. Between between Thanksgiving and New Year's, there is an allocation of money that goes out of one asset into another. If there's new money, it comes in, 50% in stocks, 30% in bonds, 10% in oil, 10% in metals, that type of thing. And on years where there's no new money coming in, which is probably a year like this year, Uh, There's let's take some money out of stocks and put it into metals, which is what you're seeing and have seen for the last two months. Let's take some money out of oil and put it into metals, which you're seeing because oil made people money for two years. And now they're rotating it to something a little safer. That also gives them a hedge for uh, inflation. That's another reason. Uh, China reopening number four. It's an old story, uh, but it, Finally manifested materially in the market and by that I mean Chinese stocks were up US stocks were actually falling Chinese stocks except for Friday. Uh, uh, Metals were up. That's that's a Chinese thing. Uh, I would say that copper was lagging a little bit, which is uh, a little bit troubling if you're if you're using the China story. Uh, to d- describe that a market's rallying but there was buying out of Shanghai and uh, it's it's a growing force to be contended with not unlike the Ctas which we'll discuss tonight uh Friday the dollars de- demolished on Friday that's your correlation the dollar's down gold's up you know that's the mainstream media dollars down gold's up well that's a correlation it's not a causation uh gold was up as much as two and a half percent for the first time since June 22nd. Almost a 50% of its lows, silver is up significantly more. I think we all know that. Uh, Gold has had to play catch up to silver these past two months. And that's what last week was, uh, gold playing catch up to silver. Bottom line for Fed watchers, as the economy deteriorates, people will expect the Fed to ease as either inflation numbers come in higher than expected or people do not get fired, unemployed as quickly as they'd like the Fed will try to hold off on caving in. So prices will go up and down depending on casino players. That's it. Um, that's the recap. I mean, that's that's a, a reasonably concise recap, hopefully. Uh, let's move on to, um, first a comment about uh, demand seasonality. I wanna add to that a little bit. Between November, r- around Thanksgiving, and January 6th, coincidentally January 6th, uh, you have uh, allocations, reallocations and investment ideas that are created and disseminated by banks, by investment advisors, and by uh, retail brokers. And they're usually in everyone's hands by January 6th. So historically, you have what's what's kind of like a pent-up demand that's coming into the market. And it it kind of trickles in starting in November and peaks in January. Now, in in a year where you have a lot of money coming into the market, uh, uh, it don't go through January right but but uh, on a year where you don't have a lot of money coming into the market the buy the rumor sell the news concept happens and right now we're after the first week in January so you can look at it like if we go higher that means there's more money being allocated to metals than usual if we go lower that was the buy the buy the rumor sell the new stuff and then you just shake it off if you're if you're a stacker or a holder, I don't use the word investor, but I understand why people use it. You're a holder of precious metals, you don't care, but you see it every day. And wouldn't it be nice to know what the hell's going on when, they're, when the market's doing what it's doing? Because that's the information we're given. Uh, so that's, 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 a, that's a snapshot of that. CTAs, be careful what you wish for. Uh, we're gonna get into that near the end. Uh, CTAs uh, are the, for those of you that are old enough to remember, CTAs are the successor To the retail investor that used to dominate the futures markets years ago. And uh, they're basically retail investors herded, corralled uh, into one institution or many institutions, but they move the market uh, a herd, right? So, will the beast, you know, and and not not saying they're dumb, uh, but I am saying uh, even if they are dumb, they're going to influence the market. So let's go to the commitment of traders. All right, commitment of traders is the most important tool for understanding the bias of the precious metals market more than any other market. Why? Because in every other market, most other markets, not every other market, I should say, there are times where commitment of traders really matters a lot. But in precious metals, they always matter. They always matter because the precious metals market is basically a two-player market. It's speculative funds and it's producers. I don't care for this conversation about fabricators and end users that that are that are buyers from producers and they, and they make jewelry and they make coins. I don't care about them for this. Uh, they don't they're, they're more fragmented and and most industries, commodities, oil uh, grains, you've got buyers and sellers. you've got end users. Consumers and producers, growers. And throughout the investment year, commitment of traders gives you an idea of money that's being allocated to certain assets. Now, in every commodity, it works. Every commodity is important. But in markets like the yen or 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 you know other FX currencies and, and even oil, it's harder to discern the Trend in a market from commitment to traders because there's such big diverse markets. Gold, silver, especially silver, as we know, is almost cartel like in its behavior at the futures level. So you've got the banks, which represent the producers and the end users, but mostly the producers. You've got the funds, uh, which represent speculators and investors, so you've got your Paul Tudor Jones, your big fund, you've got your GLD, your passive investment, and SLD, and you've got your smaller funds, and then you've got guys like me. They can be split into two categories very cleanly. Uh, In silver, commercial, that's what we used to call the trade. The commercial players are the banks and the producers and end users they represent. Think producers, for the most part. The non-commercial side is dominated by hedge funds, speculators, uh, and CTAs now. Now Let's go through this, and I'll show you a little bit uh, of of how I look at it without predicting or or giving you, uh, I'll give you a little bit of a bias, but the idea here is to, you know, show you how to use it. And there's many ways you can, you can digest it with the traders. But this is one way that I like to, I like to digest with uh, the Goldfix Founders Group. All right, so the red rectangle on the right are the five days covered by the red rectangle to the left. And we're just going to read the numbers for you. Right? Under the non-commercial side in silver, the longs got longer 1931 contracts. There's my arrow. The shorts got shorter 2024 contracts commercials, banks and producers they represent as well as end users and fabricators. The longs got longer 185 contracts, not much. The shorts got shorter 1,478 contracts. Okay, that's those are the facts, right? Now there's more data behind that, but I wanna just work with this. So now you go to the red rectangle and you say, what happened during these five days? Well, during these five days, The market went, I don't care about your opinion on the market. At least I I care about it because I have an opinion. But during these five days, the market started there and ended there. Sideways, slightly, slightly higher. I'm going to call it sideways. I'm going to call it sideways for all intents and purposes. As the week went on, started, got weak early, neutralized, spiked higher, got smacked down during these five days. But what can we determine, uh, what can we say at the second level that's factually true about silver here? The shorts and the longs added on the fund side. We care about the funds. Everyone talks about the commercials. Forget about the commercials. I'll tell you why in a little bit. Care about what the funds do. The funds added 1931 contracts long. Where do you think they bought them? They bought them here. Why? Because funds buy strength, usually. They bought it as it went up. The funds, the non-commercial side of this thing, dictate price. If the market's going up, they're buying. If the market's going down, they're selling. Now, you can get the whole manipulation aspect. I'm familiar with it, we'll go over it some other time, but this is how the behavior is. The commercials, on the other hand, react. Uh, to what the non-commercials do. The commercials are market makers. So what can we determine from this? Well, the longs added and the shorts added. So my guess is the shorts added here and the longs added here. Open interest is up on the week. What did the commercials do in response? Well, it looks like the longs and the shorts on the, on the fund side trade with each other and the commercials got low on spread basis, I mean, short on spread basis. This, in and of itself, is bearish. It's not a reason to be short, not a reason to be bearish, but it's not important at all um, for this next week. I say that because whenever you have open interest going up, the market can go up or down from here. It's not trending in any direction. I will say that the market seems a little bit capped. So from here, let's go with... Gold, which is a little bit easier to understand. I'll go through a little, a little quicker. Gold. The longs got longer, 1,200 contracts. The shorts got less short, 3,500 contracts. Commercials got less long, 3,200 contracts. The commercials got more short, 1200 contracts. Again, ignore the commercials. The non-commercials added to their longs and covered shorts. That's why the market was higher. Because the non-commercials, the funds, but why did they buy? Well, we know I know why the longs added. The longs added because it's the time of year that allocations come out and they add. Why did the shorts cover? Well, the shorts usually cover because of a statistical reason. Uh we're above a certain price, they have a stop out. You know, the longs probably were buying in here and the shorts probably freaked out over here. That's a shortcoming rally. That's what happened. So, so the move in the market is dictated by the non-commercial behavior. That's why the market rallied. Will it continue to rally? Well, normally you have to be, if you're if you're a short-term trader, you have to focus on things like overbought and oversold at this point. At this point, you would just say that the funds are adding to longs and covering shorts and you would be neutral bullish on this. Now let's look at the commercial side, which is interesting this week. Commercial side is they added 2,974 shorts, which that's what they do, right? But they also got out of 3,224 longs. That's a little bit of a long bell in gold. So uh, it's, that snapshot is bearish, but see this behavior here, that behavior there, we would want to know what happened to the open interest in those three days. And you can, and that's the whole design of commodity traders. It comes out after it's useful. So that's it for committed traders. The, 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 the moral of the story for me, preparing for the week, for the week Monday, I have no opinion on Monday based on the silver one. And I'm uh, looking to be bullish above the close and bearish below or neutral. I'm violently, I don't care. But what matters what matters in this in this market for commitment traders in the bigger picture is that uh, there are a couple of things going on in commitment traders. And just to, to, to make it very brief, the open interest in silver and gold is dropping from secular changes and the lack of futures trading in the markets now. And uh, that's causing the prices to go up. So as the price discovery, in quotes, that's used in futures becomes less meaningful, the futures markets will reflect more the underlying value as opposed to the price. Okay, commodity trading advisors, CTAs. Here's a post I put up. Uh, I wrote this specifically for here. What This is about selling uh, over the last four months. That's pretty clear. What's pretty clear is that there's been Western selling in ETF form. And it needs little elaboration except to answer the question, why did ETF sell? The answer from us is the West has been a seller of gold and silver in ETF form ever since they saw it. So you can read that, right? Let's get right to what that means so you can understand better. Hopefully, I do this right, how it's going to help you. All right. This is the entire move of silver and gold. Now, I put the numbers on the left for gold but the behavior we're talking about is in silver. It's the same thing in in this, but I'm going to talk about them in combination. Okay. January 22, January 23. For January, make it a little bit bigger. Uh, How do I do that? There you go. All right. January 23. Go back to January 22. What was going on in January 22? Well, silver was short. The market was short silver. CTAs were short silver. And driving the price mildly higher, but remaining mostly short. They were actually in the process of getting short gold at the same time. Then what happened? The war started in February, and the CTAs ripped uh, up their shorts and covered them at much higher prices. That was the run-up. And you'll notice that they went from short, the green, to long, the green over here. When they get long, at a certain point, there is really not much more money they have allocated to it. So the market can come off as well. Uh, what ended up happening then is, this is, this is actually very important. So this, this will explain all of last year. The CTAs in silver drove the market higher by covering shorts because of the war. The market was oversold. Then as the war uh, languished, when April came around, the marketplace got very concerned about Fed hikes. And so, and this is key, CTAs told their clients that they were worried about a recession, they're worried about rate hikes. And if there were gonna be rate hikes, then stocks would go down. And what can they sell that's not stocks that'll hedge their portfolio? Silver, they sold silver and they sold copper and the market proceeded to go down. And this is all CTAs getting short. It's a massive move from massive repeated behavior. And This is when stocks sold off too. So if you're a retail investor and you have money with a commodity trading advisor, you're like, oh, I'm long these stocks, but I love them. I'm married to them. We talk about silver bugs and gold bugs, stock bugs. Okay. Uh, I don't want to sell them. I got capital gains, whatever. So they go, okay, I'll sell some silver. They start, they want to, want to feel you know involved. <clears throat> and they sell it. They were sellers of gold, but not when the war started. When the war started, like, okay, we're not going to necessarily go with gold anymore, but we'll sell silver. We'll sell silver to like house And that's what they did. And silver got destroyed along, unwarranted, along with uh, stocks and uh, gold less so. And then what happened? Well, between August and November, the market really started discounting not just rate hikes, but recession fears. And so silver chopped around lower and more shorts got. And now you have some people down here getting shorter, getting less short. What have you, but generally speaking, the whole retail world is actually short silver about flat gold and long stocks. So. November comes and the asset allocations are going to come along. What happens? Well, the banks start saying, we recommend you put some money into gold. We recommend you put some money into silver. They won't talk about silver. They don't talk about silver. They talk about copper and gold. And when they say those two, you buy silver. As a speculator, that's what I do, and here we are. And the reason I bring this up as a cautionary tale is because now the CTAs are long, absent exogenous news, absent a big event. You want to be careful cheering for the CTAs because they are wildebeest. And if the silver market stalls while these knuckleheads are getting long, <clears throat> then you're close to them running out of money, meaning something else is gonna be pushing the market around. So what are the CTA drivers? One was war. The war made gold and silver rally. It's gold first, right? And then silver came in afterwards, caught fire. Uh, two, uh, you had the beginning of the sell-off as, as uh, recession fears, rain hike fears, I should say. And then three, the recession, uh, which we're in a recession technically right now, but you can debate a lot of that. And the last thing is we're in, right now we're in like a greed state for silver. So generally speaking, uh, you want to be careful. Uh, it's not to say it can't go higher. It can go higher all through January. I'm uh, just saying uh, if you're long and you're speculating, we you want to take some profits now. Which brings me to something I wanted to talk about. There's been a lot of talk recently um, about premiums in coins. And, uh, and metal in general versus futures. And we've talked about this before and we'll talk about it again, but I want to just leave you with this. If you're a physical player in silver, you're not looking at premiums. You're looking at price. So what does that mean? If I'm buying silver as a physical person, I'm not talking about a central bank, I'm talking about a, a person has customers, I look at the cost of doing business, not the premiums versus spot. Because I pass on what I can. And if I can't pass on, I don't. So when silver was trading $17, and the premiums were $10. I don't want you to think, try not to think of it this way. Silver trading $17, I'm not going to pay a $10 premium. All right. I know you don't want to pay too high premiums. And I, and I respect that. And I don't as well. But it's becoming apparent to me that the premiums are the cost of doing business now. And what I mean by that is silver is basically unchanged. For the last four months futures are not but silver is basically unchanged if you look at yourself as a businessman businesswoman buying silver as an investment or to run your business you're paying roughly the same price so when you look at a physical player they're not looking at premium they're saying i'm buying it at 25 dollars because i can sell it at 30. I'm buying at $22 and I sell at 27 So those futures prices are entirely a component of CTAs and speculative investors just selling the market because they think there's going to be someone else that can bail them out on the way down. I, I just want to leave you with that, that as the market rallies, you will see premiums come in. Uh, not always, but right now you will. And as the market drops, you will see premiums stick. And that's because there is physical buying underneath this market. Uh, that's it for now. Uh, I wanna say uh, thank you for uh, for watching and uh, we'll be doing this every week, God willing. Thanks again.
1: Well, thank you, Vince. Great report. Again, quite excited to have you on board. And for everyone watching at home, we'll be having Vince do his weekly report every Monday. And I think that's gonna add a lot to the show and make it stronger going forward. So. Hope you enjoyed that at home. And real quick, before we wrap up, I'd like to mention that today's show with Vince was brought to us by BlackRock Silver that is exploring its Tonopah West project in Nevada. Although, as they mentioned in their shareholder letter that came out just about a week ago, 2022, really a good year for BlackRock on multiple fronts because in the midst of, as they mentioned here, the geopolitical instability and hawkish central bankers, They did release their maiden resource estimate, which was 42 million ounces of silver equivalent, and they also continued to expand and do step out drilling at their Tonopah West project, showing a new base of mineralization. They also discovered lithium on their Tonopah North project. And then towards the end of the year, they were doing some more drilling at their Silver Cloud project, where they found a new vein that came in at 52.6 grams per ton gold and 606 grams per ton silver, over one and a half meters. So was a really productive year for BlackRock as they continue to de-risk their project in Nevada. And you can find out a bit more about their progress in their shareholder letter, which I'll have the link in the description field below. And certainly I know we have a lot of BlackRock fans in our audience. So for a nice recap of what they were up to last year, go click in the description field. Thank you to BlackRock for bringing us today's episode with Vince. I'm going to wrap up now, but that's today's episode. And we will see you again tomorrow.